Hi, thanks for tuning in to Sin's Workshop. Today we're going to be discussing Seven Deadly Shadows by Courtney Alameda and Valen E. Matanani. So, a uh, little backstory. This book uh, follows one Kira Fujikawa, who has always been a girl on the fringe. She is bullied by her peers, and she works at her father's shrine. Um, where she trains to be a priestess. She also has a gift where she can see the otherworldly creatures around her. Often ignored by her family, um, the only place she finds solace is at her grandfather's Shinto shrine. But then it is attacked and her grandfather is killed by a vicious band of yokai demons. So this pushes Kira on a journey to find the shards of a mystical sword that can destroy the demon lord Shutenjoji, who wants to bring everlasting darkness upon the world. Uh, just so you guys know, I am joined here by my six-month-year-old son, who is on the floor doing tummy time with his Darth Vader plushie and he's looking at me like I'm a weirdo because to him I'm kind of just talking to air <laughs> um, anyway let's get back to the story what I really found impressive of the story was the way the authors were able to capture Japanese mythology and Japanese folklore to tell the story but it didn't come off as cheap it didn't come off as um, just something you could watch on TV it came off very authentically it was a very honorable piece of work how it incorporates the Shinigami into the story and the yokai and the kitsune uh, and that's what was very wonderful about the story. There's so much mythology going around. There's so much a fantasy and otherworldliness to the story. But it's very grounded. It is very minimalist in a way, but it's still beautiful the lyricalness of the language, the character structure of the yokai and the shinigami and the kitsune and then the personal character growth of Kira, it all allows the story to just have this wonderful breath of fresh air. And it's not like the story just happens within a couple of days. There's a very long passage of time squeezed into such a short length. You know, the book is only 288 pages, but it feels longer than that. It feels richer than that. It feels like a long story, but that's not a bad thing. I know, you know, usually if something feels too long, you know, if you go to the movie, you're like, oh my God, this, how much longer? Like, oh my God, it's only been this. When I was reading this story, 
and I got to the end, I was like, this was only 288 pages? It felt so much longer than that. Not that that's a bad thing. It was wonderful because I wanted more of it. I, you know, I wanted more of this world, more of this of the worldliness. It just goes by so fast, and that's what makes it wonderful. Isn't that right, little man? Yes. Um, and Akira herself, she's, you know, there were times when she reminded me of Kagome from Inuyasha because she's, you know, she's a schoolgirl thrust into this world of mysticism. You know, she's traveling in the city with a half-boy Kitsun, um, and she's looking for Shinigami. She needs seven Shinigami, which is reminiscent of, you know, Seven Samurai. This story is a um, sort of contemporary young adult version of that story. Instead of, you know, a village, you've got the one girl who's seeking help from seven beings. And when I was reading this novel, you know, I did a little research on Shinigami um, and the yokai. And I think any book that encourages you to look into another's culture and background is always a good book because it sparks your interest, you know, it sparks your imagination. And that is what was so good about this novel. Um, and that's why it was wonderful because it had such a richness to it, such lyrical language and amazing character growth. I mean, Kira, she's just amazing. She, you know, she starts off not bland. She's not bland. She's reserved. There we go. Reserved in the beginning. She's very reserved. She allows herself to get bullying um, just to, to sort of keep the peace because she doesn't she feels like she doesn't fit in. She feels like she doesn't have a place. She feels like the only place she has a place is her grandfather, Shinto Shrine. And for her to discover her inner strength, to be at peace with her gift, and to finally stand up to her family in a way and say no this is who I am you cannot take this from me it's amazing because she doesn't just stand up to her family she also stands up to the bullies at school she she finds that strength to say you don't get to talk to me that way and I think that's always great when anyone stands up to their bully. I always think that's great. And that is what I liked about this this novel. Pretty much everything, I guess. 
it just has such a wonderful way to bring about Japanese culture and at times yes it does resemble an anime if you watch anime or if you reach if you read manga this is definitely going to be a story that will pique your interest because you know it has all those elements it <laughs> it has it has those elements and it uses those fantastical elements very strategically you know with representing the characters um, describing them it's clear you know the authors did do their research they were able to tell the story without diminishing Japanese culture without <laughs> without tarnishing it and like I said earlier it's a very honorable piece of work the character development is amazing but what's also great uh, I haven't touched upon this yet is the Shinigami they are all so different you've got the stoic ones you've got the snarky ones you've got these gentle ones they're all so very different they all have different backstories that the author sort of gleam on and the fact that they all have different voices does bring something to the story there's because Kira they lend themselves um, to Kira's personal growth they lend themselves to her growth and they make it worth the reader's while because as much as Kira is you know fascinating as as great as her journey is there's just something fresh something new something wonderful about the Shinigami and nothing seems cliche I can't seem to think of a single cliche in this novel and I'm trying really hard but I can't think of an uh, of a single cliche I'm sure maybe there was one because there's always a cliche in some fashion in every novel but it was probably a very minimal cliche probably a phrase nothing overarching so no cliches the romance <laughs> the romance in the novel is kept to a minimum you know it's not really essential to Kira's growth and I think that's great how the characters didn't rely on a male figure to um, they didn't rely 
<laughs> they didn't rely on a male figure to force her character growth, to force her to see how strong she is. And I think my son would agree, don't you? Uh, I don't know if I've said this before, probably in my YouTube videos, I do read to him every day. So whatever I'm reading on hand, I do read to him. And any audiobooks that I also listen to, I listen to them when he's around. So he knows what I'm talking about. He knows all about Seven Deadly Shadows. In any case, A Seven Deadly Shadows is an excellent novel. Um, if you're a fan of Japanese culture, Japanese folklore and mythology, I would say pick this up. If you love anime and manga, I would say give this book a try. It's, it's beautifully written. It has a wonderful characterization throughout. And honestly, as far as retellings go, I'm a huge fan of retellings as long as they're done well. Um, if there's a retelling out there, I'm probably one of the first people who's going to pick it up. But to retell the classic Seven Samurai story in this way was um, very true to the original while also still maintaining its own uniqueness and using the fantasy to drive the story forward, to utilize the culture in an honorable way and to inspire interest in <laughs> and to inspire interest in Japanese culture and folklore. So definitely go to your local bookstore or your local library and check it out because Seven Deadly Shadows is definitely a novel worth picking up.